Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Shout out, congratulations to uh, Brett Winterbull, who's on 3 to 6 right here on WBT for uh, making the heavy 100 again, which is weird. I know, it's weird He just because he just did the PhD weight loss. Like, I don't... I kid, no, it's the list of like the best talk show hosts in the country. And uh he made the he made the list. Uh what was he, fifty one? I think he was fifty first, yeah. So congrats to Brett. Stick around and listen to his show at three. Um The world is getting to know and getting to meet Mandy Cohen. Mandy Cohen, headline at the spectator, describes her as the Fauci fangirl that Biden wants to head up the CDC. Yeah, this is like this is his likely pick. The former North Carolina health minister, sorry, minister of health. Um and she's likely going to helm the CD or the she's likely going to be the pick to helm the CDC. And this has what many view uh this woman has what many view is a troubling record according to the spectator.com a troubling record of politicizing the science and data and unnecessarily supporting draconian lockdown measures even in the face of scientific reality most are seizing if they're not pouncing they they would be seizing most are seizing on a photo of Mandy Cohen wearing a mask emblazoned with a giant picture of Anthony Fauci which just looks weird. It's one of the things it was one of the things about the whole the the era of the mask era. Um, one of the things that like the, the people would put masks on and and they would put stuff like there would be these designs and such that would look bizarre on the face. And that is one of them. That is one of them. The Fauci face mask, that's one of them. Right? It just it's it's weird to have a face in your mouth. Right? Like a little it's like his his mug right on your kisser. It just looks weird. I mean it makes sense cuz it's, you know, gnome sized, so like it's probably to scale, but it's, you know, it just it's it's weird. Anyway, um her record beyond the viral pictures and videos of her, you know, taking the ma- or Coming up to the podium, and you can see she's not wearing the mask, and then she pretends to put it. Well, she she puts it on, and then just pretends to take it off as if she was wearing it on the long walk up to the podium. Right there was that, and then of course the Fauci face mask. But if you actually look at her record, which while this was happening, like I was during the pandemic, I was doing my podcast, and I was covering every single one of those. Uh, one of the, every single one of the briefings was doing interviews with people uh, about you know COVID and about the the origins and about the uh, the measures and the lockdowns and one of the guys that I talked to a lot during that uh, the pandemic was John Sanders from the John Locke Foundation and John Sanders 
did deep dives into the uh, the reports, the research that Cohen cited for the mask mandates. And when you do the deep dive, and I've talked with him over the course of two shows, two hours worth of discussion on this stuff, and we went through every single uh, research paper, and not one of them proved that masks work. Not a single one. But those are the studies that they would cite for why they did the mask mandates. And none of them prove it. Representative Marionette Miller-Meeks, or Triple M as she is known in Iowa. I don't actually know that to be true. Um, She spent decades as a doctor and three years as the director of Iowa's Department of Public Health. I don't know why she's interviewed here, but the spectator interviewed her. The reporter, Matthew Foldy, interviewed her and asked her about Mandy Cohen and this uh, representative, state representative, says, yeah, on paper, her qualifications look good, but they cover up a troubling record of partisanship and egregious COVID-19 policies. As North Carolina's former health secretary from 2017 to 2021, Dr. Mandy Cohen, who rumor has it, has it going on, appears on the surface to be immensely qualified. However, given the loss of trust in the CDC, a political activist physician is not what this doctor ordered. Boom. Dr. Cohen vociferously supported lockdowns, as well as prohibited social gatherings, supported the mask mandates, even while violating her own imposed restrictions and supported mask mandates for school children regardless of vaccination status. I'm going to get in, do more on that point in a moment. Words like lockdown extremist, uh, her actions stand out as cruel and vindictive. Isn't it interesting when you get these opinions from people outside of the state? Because like to, to watch the coverage of Mandy Cohen during the pandemic by our state political press, and even, you know, the, uh, the you know, TV reporters that dialed in. By the way, we're all, on this, we're all aware of the, the, uh, the software, the platform that they used, that the governor used, right? We all, everybody know this? About, it's how they screened out the reporters that they didn't want to have questions asked of them from. They, they would just block you. And they used a computer program. They used some software that was developed for um it was like a political organizing software platform and so you they they would put people into these different teams and so when you dialed in if you were somebody from say north state journal or carolina journal or if you were nick oxner right or you were me you would you were not allowed to ever ask a question because you got put into a different team And they would and then they would justify this by saying, well, you know, we're getting questions from all over the state. Yeah, but you're screening people in on the front end. And so certain publications and outlets would always get a question and they would always ask easy questions. I don't know if that was intentional, like they like they wanted to, you know, be helpful to the regime. I don't know. But they never challenged there wasn't there wasn't any kind of adversarial nature because they knew obviously if you cross Mandy and and Ray then you know chances are you're going to get stuck on team B with Pete 
So <laughs> you don't, don't, you don't want to be on this team because then you never get through and you never get your question. That's really what they love. They love getting their questions. Well, they love, they love asking their questions. That's the key. They love to ask their questions. I'm not sure about getting the answers because a lot of times they wouldn't even get the answers to these questions. But when these people from the outside look in and they see how Mandy Cohen behaved, they have a different opinion than the media that told us she was fantastic for four years. Donna is okay. I'll go over here. Donna, welcome to the show. Hello, Donna. Hey, Pete. Um, I wanted to comment on this masking subject and in regards to Tom Tillis. For some reason, I got a robocall in the beginning of the pen, well, the COVID stuff, mm-hmm. and um, he was doing a town hall meeting or something where mm-hmm. you could listen in and, you know, and call or whatever. And he had calls from people uh, saying that they wanted him or wanted the legislators to make a law about the masks. And this was what he point blank told the callers that were suggesting that. He said, everybody needs to do what I do. He said, every time I walk in any type of store or business establishment, the first thing I do is look around. He said, if I see one person in there without a mask, I seek out the manager. I tell him I'm leaving and I'm not going to patronize this business until you make it mandatory that everyone wears a mask. Now, people that were in favor of that, they liked that. But I didn't know much of anything about that man before that time. But I made it my business not to vote for him because of it. So anyway, you know, you were talking about the masks and Mandy Cohen, but uh, Tom Tillis was right in there with them. So so I take a different meaning from that uh, response, I think, um, which is they were asking him to, to do a, they, they were asking him to implement a mask mandate. They were asking yeah. for legislation for a mask mandate. And his response was, leave it up to the business owner. And if you, if you object, then go, like, if you want to, you want a business to make sure everybody's masked up, then you go and tell that business owner that I'm not coming back in. So in other words, a private sector solution. He said, this is what I do. So he he let it be known and he's very much in favor. And of course, the businesses do what the customers want. That's how they make money. Anyway, he let it be known. He was very much in favor. Oh, I know. I got, I got, I got that. Yeah, I understand that. Um, Yeah, I, I understand that. I'm just pointing out that I think he I think he was I think he's making an argument there that don't ask the government to do the mandate. You can you can affect that yourself by going to the business owner and telling them you won't that you'll boycott them. Basically, no, you I, yeah, I mean, it was a good political move, too, because he didn't know who all was listening. It was a town hall open. meeting. Right. You know, I'm sure there were a lot of people in his party that were against it. So he had to kind of play both sides with that. Well, but. and. Masks were popular. Look, mas- masking was a popular thing when you when when they put polling out, people were on board with the masking because they were told it, it was the way to save everyone's lives. And you know, the, and I mean, Dan Forrest ran a, a gubernatorial campaign saying masks don't work, and he got blown out. So people didn't want to hear that message during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah Donna. I didn't anyway. I yeah. just thought I'd let that be known. No, I appreciate it. I was not aware of that. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Take care. No, I think. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think he. You're exactly right. He didn't know who all is in the audience, and so that's a quote private sector limited government solution. But it's also, hey, I'm down with the masks too. <laughs>
Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? The health minister for North Carolina for four years during the pandemic and uh, the the U.S. is uh, is meeting her, and they're getting to know her. We already do. Matt, uh, Matthew Foldy at thespectator.com uh, called her actions at times stand out as cruel and vindictive. He cited, I uh, believe this is Union County. He doesn't cite the actual county, but I believe it was Union, uh, where she lashed out at the school district that ended quarantines and contact tracing for students. In a letter to the school board, Cohen threatened legal action and wrote that these policies posed an imminent threat of serious adverse health consequences for students, teachers, staff, and the public more broadly. Beyond her failures on school reopenings, her critics highlight her willingness to shut down religious services. And fun. Cohen recently discussed her decision to shut down football in North Carolina. Her state lost, uh, also lost its all-star NASCAR race. To Tennessee over the COVID-19 restrictions. Remember that? The state's restrictions were so severe that studies from WalletHub would regularly rank us as one of the worst in America. In August 2020, for example, North Carolina was the 49th best state on the COVID-19 restrictions. Cohen's critics, like the John Locke Foundation, point to comments uh, like uh, the one that she made where she's like, oh, I would call up the Massachusetts, you know, one and be like, oh, are you opening up? No, we're totally not open up. All right, yeah, we, we won't either. Yeah, because that, that's the science right there. Amy O. Cook, the uh, Locke Foundation CEO, said Cohen did not answer any open records requests regarding from whom she was seeking and getting data and advice regarding COVID-19 mandates. Yeah, this was a problem. Ray, welcome to the program. Hello, Ray. How you doing, Pete? Hey, I'm all right. How are you? Uh, I just wanted to make a a comment and an observation about the mask um, you were talking about a moment ago. Mm-hmm. Um, during the pandemic, they were saying, you know, that the N95 mask was the one you really should wear to filter out virus particles, which are probably thousands of times uh, larger than a virus. I mean, I got that backwards. Um, they were right. No, during the filter out the smoke from these wildfires here in the last week or so. Right. Yeah, they're saying that even those masks, the N95 masks. Yeah, uh, they were saying they would they would filter out the uh, virus. So right. I just I just found that kind of astonishing to come out and you know to make that kind of a statement. Yeah. That anyone that knows anything about a mask would probably see through what they were saying there. Right. Well, and and scientists did know that about masks. They just abandoned that knowledge, just pretended it didn't exist 
because everybody was really, really scared, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Ray, I appreciate the call. Look, I mean, there's, there is a benefit to the masks in, in blocking, like, spit, right, expectoration. Like, it, it, that, it does stop that, but it doesn't stop the aerosolized virus. That was always a lie. Mandy Cohen, getting a lot of attention over the last uh, couple weeks here because she is rumored to be the pick to lead the CDC. So uh, I find this kind of interesting to read people's assessments of her from the outside because everybody was dealing with their own stuff, right? You were all, everybody was locked down in their own states. And so they're watching their own state, you know, officials, they're watching the national picture, but you know, if you're in North Carolina, you're not, you're not tuning in to see the Iowa health minister telling people to, you know, mask up and don't lick doorknobs or whatever. Um, so this is now everybody's going to, uh, this is interesting to me because now everybody's going to kind of come in and do a, uh, a postmortem on Mandy Cohen's job that she did here, where if you just listen to North Carolina media, she did fantastic. Nailed it. Not a single mistake. Matthew Foldy at The Spectator, he says, he calls her vindictive. And he points out the uh, uh, how she went after Union County Schools for not complying with her when they were like, yeah, we're not going to do contact tracing anymore. She went after them, threatened litigation. Um, she kept the schools locked down. Remember, she uh, went after that racetrack. There, she's still being sued. Well, her predi- or uh, her successor is now being sued over that a speedway suing the uh, Health and Human Services Secretary. She also has a history as a partisan Democrat activist. She helped to found um, a group called Activist Facts. Or sorry, no, Doctors for America. Activist Facts uncovered this. Um. It was originally co-founded by Cohen as Doctors for Obama. They're now Doctors for America. Uh, she worked to help Obama's signature to pass help to pass uh, Obama's signature legislation, the Affordable Care Act, and since then it has taken on a litany of left-wing causes, including a demand that prisons release inmates during COVID nineteen. The organization also uh, pushed to drastically scale back the role of law enforcement, which Activist Facts calls a push to defund the police. Now, she's not, she does not actually have to go before a Senate panel for confirmation yet. But I welcome, I welcome other people from other states taking a look at our esteemed health minister, during the pandemic. I'm going to play a clip for you. You tell me when you think this audio occurred. It protects against transmission of the disease to the next person. And the healthcare worker certainly ought to be required to be vaccinated. And when we have a pandemic like COVID-19 pandemic that we had, two-year-olds should have been required to wear masks. It would be child abuse for parents not to do that because there was no vaccination available for two-year-olds. If you said yesterday, you are correct. That's Jerry Nadler on the floor of the House arguing against 
the Reigns Act, uh, I believe is what they were debating, R-E-I-N-S. It's a way to, uh, to, to, to scale back federal intrusion, bureaucratic intrusion. Anyway, um, they're having this debate, and he says that, that two-year-olds should have been required to wear masks. He still believes this. There are a great many people, I suspect, that still believe, uh, uh, believe this. Then he walks in. Uh, that comment prompted a response from Congressman Chip Roy. Well, I'm tempted to yield all my time to the gentleman from New York because he's basically making the case for me more effectively than I can. <laughs> the gentleman from New York is basically acknowledging everything that I'm sitting here saying that I'm trying to do to protect the American people from the tyrannical uh. state of the executive branch. But in this case, my Democratic colleagues and others sit on the side of the aisle. I want everybody in America to understand what they just heard from the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee in the United States House of Representatives. Your two-year-old should be forced to be masked. That is what the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee just said here on the floor of the House of Representatives, that the power of the government, the full power of the federal government, should be a part of ensuring and forcing your children, your two-year-old child, to be masked. We heard it yesterday when the secretary of HHS refused, refused to actually answer that question. So I'm really glad to hear that the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee acknowledges what everybody in America understands, which is that the Democratic Party led by the president and by my Democratic colleagues in the House and the Senate are fully comfortable with the power of the government being used to shut down your businesses, force you out of work, unless you take an experimental vaccine that has not been proven to actually do what the gentleman just said, which is with respect to transmissions. More importantly, my father, who's 80 years old, is dealing with the ravages of polio. I firmly understand the importance of vaccines, and I'm proud that my children and I have been able to be protected by those vaccines, fully tested after years of testing. But to say that this politicized vaccine should have been used to shut down the economy and to kill the ability of my constituents to be able to go out about their lives and to force children into the corner wearing masks to get set back years in their education, that is precisely why this amendment matters. It is precisely why we're here reigning in the federal government. Oh, that's good. I get all the feels about that one. That's that's some good work by Chip Roy, congressman from Texas. Um, yeah, this there, there is a very large portion of our population that would very much like to tell everybody to mask back up. I see them. I still see people saying this, to mask up and to uh, basically create uh, leper colonies of the unvaccinated. Still. Let me get over here to Bob. Hello, Bob. Welcome to the show. Hi, Pete. I'm on my walk, so please pardon the winded yet dulcet nature of my voice. Gotcha. But uh, people like Mandy Cohen, and they represent. We're we're in a civil war. We don't we don't realize it, but this civil war is a lot worse than the first one, 160 what 160 160, 162 years ago, and we. It used to be north versus south, blue versus gray. Now it's left versus right, red versus blue. And we don't take over cities. We take over departments, agencies, entities, Supreme Court, White House, Senate, CDC, so forth. We, uh, we each speak our own language. 
for some people. Uh, for the, the the left has their list of dirty words, and the right has their list of dirty words that you shouldn't say in polite company. And uh, it, it it's worse than the first one because the first one, young men fought this war, and they did it largely on a volunteer basis. Now we have old women, old men, toddlers, babies uh, on the battlefield. And, I, I, I'm uh, not sure I agree with the uh, with the analogy. I don't think people are actually shooting at each other at this point, right? No, they're not. They're not. No, this is this is not a, a war of lead. Uh, it, it's it's a war of control, which that's what the lead was for, and that's what the 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 people are vying for now is control. Why wear a mask this day and age? After the pandemic, the only reason you should tell a person to wear a mask is if you want to control. Them. Well, all right. So you're t- you got to be careful because there are valid reasons to wear masks in medical settings, right? Oh, of course. Right. That's okay. Not what we're talking about? No, you're talking about mask mandates, right? You're talking about the mandates, right? No, I got you. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I got you. All right, Bob. I appreciate the call. Enjoy the rest of your walk. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Congressman Kevin Kiley. Maybe it's Killy. I think it's Kiley. K-I-L-E-Y. I think he's from California. Um, I've got a clip from him because you heard in the last soundbite that I played before the break that was Chip Roy, and he mentions in his rant, he mentions how the Health and Human Services Secretary, Javier Becerra, refused to answer the question about, you know, two-year-olds and masks. And what that's a reference to is this exchange between Congressman Kevin Kiley and Secretary Becerra. And here's the, here's the meat of it. Uh, Mr. Secretary, did forcing two-year-olds to wear masks save lives? I'm, do what now? Did forcing two-year-olds to wear masks save lives? Making sure people wore masks when it was appropriate was essential to make sure that we were able to get out of this pandemic. Sure, but that wasn't my question. Could you answer the question that I asked? Which is? Did forcing two-year-olds to wear masks save and, lives? And who did the forcing? Well, okay, before I... Before I yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a legitimate question. Did it save lives? This is how we are to measure things. Now, you could say it had other benefits, and that's all fine and good. Again, if we're taking an accounting, you got two sides of the ledger, right? You have your your debits and your credits. You got your pluses and your minuses. So, okay, let's assess the policy. Let's assess this approach. You masked up the two-year-olds. Did it save lives? And if you can't answer that question, and without trying to shoehorn in a list of 
of all the pros or the benefits, like, oh, we wouldn't have got out of the pandemic or oh, but this, this other thing might have happened. Like, I want a concrete analysis of what worked and what did not. And admitting what did not work is the first step along with acknowledging what did work, right? That's the point of the assessments. And this guy refuses to even answer the question. Plays dumb. He's, you know, tap dancing all around because he knows the answer. Because if the answer was yes, if the answer was absolutely, we ran some sciencey, scientific kind of science, and it said that, you know, a million children's lives were saved because they we, we put masks on them. If he had that data, if he had that argument, he would use it. Why wouldn't he? Of course he would. The fact that he's not saying it is proof that he knows it's not true, that it didn't save any, any lives. It didn't work on that metric. Maybe it worked on some other metric, but it did not work on that metric. And then you just heard at the very end there, and I'm gonna, I'll re-rack it. We'll play it again at the, uh, uh, after the news. But you heard then this other argument that he, he falls back on. I'm not sure he thought this through, but um, he falls back on, we didn't, who, who forced anybody? I didn't force anybody to do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll take a listen to that crap in a moment. 